you're listening to a Big Finish production, and that's a fact. This is the Big Finish podcast, official release date 11th of March 2017. I'm Benji, he's Nick, and we at Big Finish Productions are the proud purveyors of the finest audio drama and audiobooks in this particular quantum reality. Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake 7, the list goes on. Visit us at bigfinish.com and feast your ears and eyes. Yum, yum. (laughs) Love it, love it, love it. And coming up this week, a special report on the launch of the Big Finish Originals range. That's right. We had a little press launch in London for our range of brand new original dramas. Atta Girl producer Helen Goldwyn sang a song and I managed to interview the creators, including Louise Jameson and Nigel Planer. Uh, More on all that later, along with an interview with our guest star, Interview. I've put the word interview in the sentence too much. Uh, international film star interview, Celia Interview Imri. Uh, she's in two of our Big Finish original productions, Jeremiah Born in Time and Shilling and Sixpence Investigate, uh, as well as having been in Doctor Who, River Song, Countermeasures and The Prisoner, others too, I think. Yeah. Very exciting. And our 15-minute drama tease this week is from our brand new Third Doctor box set story, The Rise of the New Humans. All that and our customary blend of Big Finish news, listeners' emails, the randomoid selectatron and the latest releases round up. And on that note, Nick, let's do that news thing. Right then, and if you go to shop dot spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash big finish you'll find yourself in big finish merchandise heaven and there's a whole range of big finish t-shirts that you can buy let's have a little look ski here yes oh there's lots of lovely stuff here You've got your classic podcast T-shirt. Stop to move and buck up. <laughs> and uh, we've got the wonderful retro Big Finish logos of Big Finish. We love stories. I think I've got that on a hoodie somewhere, actually. And it's grunged. Retro BF logo grunge. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, some lovely... Uh, oh, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without plum pudding. Oh, a reference there quote. to uh, yeah, Chimes, isn't it? Chimes of Midnight. Yeah, the uh, classic Eighth Doctor story. And now, one I love here is you've got the Eighth Doctor Companions T-shirt, which has some really has a little uh, little nod to the Time War box set on there. Which yeah. unless you've heard it, you won't get it, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, yes. Have a look at that. And there's various versions of Big Finish We Love Story retro one there, and our classic one, Big Big Finish Productions. What else have we got? What's Orbit TV News? What's that from? I think that's some kind of nods to Sue Cowley knows this particular i think it's something that's featured in a lot of our things it might be like one of those Easter you, in unit yes tv yeah. news yeah and just imagine which is often my reply to uh an just email. imagine which really you know should be attributed to russell t davis because that's what he said to me when i um suggested doing a tv series of dalek empire to him he said just imagine <laughs> <laughs> 
which is uh, uh, roughly translated as bog off. No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> that's not what I mean when I say just imagine, by the way. I, I, I was suddenly realised I was getting myself into <laughs> dreadful trouble. Bog off. I'll just say that, you know. Bog Dear off. Nick, could we perhaps do a series on bog off? <laughs> not very nice. Anyway, there you are, the big finished shop. Ooh, yeah. And um, by the way, now, next thing, two great Doctor Who books are out there. Doctor Who, uh, The Missy Chronicles, and Doctor Who, The Day She Saved the Doctor. The Missy Chronicles is published by BBC Books and features six short stories about the Doctor's oldest enemy. Nick there, selling it, QVC <laughs> style there on the uh, on the cam. I'm waving it around, <laughs> yeah. Waving Ooh. it around. The tagline for the book is, I've Adventures too. a whole life doesn't revolve around you. You know, a little sarky yeah, bit of Missy there. I love Missy, so Defo, yeah, Defo want to check out. Stories featured, having a little look in there. That's the pages. Look, I've got it here. Um, uh, Dismemberment by <gasps> James Goss. Oh, dear. That's uh, an everyday story of... Uh, <laughs> how does it start? Uh, there is a tradition and there is a chair to go with it. What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Anyway, okay. Uh, and uh, Lords and Masters by Cavan Scott, who I like to call Cavan, but which is not fair because that isn't actually his name. How does that start? What's the first page of that say? Uh, it's on page 37. Yeah. That's on, that. on page 43. Of the, oh, right. Some people are so touchy. That's the first line of that one. Oh, I do, the compliment slip from... Oh, sorry, just dropped out. <laughs> anyway, uh, 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 Teddy Sparkles Must Die by Paul Mars, uh, which is uh, on page uh, 69. So let's have a look at that. What's he saying? It's like, it's like bingo. 69. Looking oh, fine. Oh, do hurry, Jack. We shouldn't even be here. Look, she'll be back soon. And if she finds us in her room, I'm sure she'll be absolutely furious with us. That's what Paul Mars has to say on the subject of Missy. Uh, the Liar, The Glitch and The War Zone by Peter Angelides. That's a lovely title, isn't it? Um, I wonder what he's riffing on. It's, that starts on page 107. Where's it? Oh, there we are. Uh, St. Mark's Square in Venice bustled with activity. Is his first line. Certainly yeah, did. Um, Girl Power by Jacqueline Rayner. Lovely Jack. I've known for many, many years. Fantastic writer. Lovely human being. Page 145. Just, uh, oh, that's it. Dear Doctor, here is this week's list of requests for your approval or otherwise. One times can extra strength hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, A Lit in Underland is the easy to say title of the one by Richard Dinnick. Uh, that's on page 183. What's the first line of that? The scarecrows were mumbling again. And I have it on good authority from Richard that that is actually a personal experience he's had. Anyway, uh, these are all names you'll recognise from Big Finish. All authors whose work so many of you will know and love. Go get it now in your local bookshop, online, wherever. Just get it! Get it! Get it! Uh, next up, then, from Puffin Books, Doctor Ooh, Who, Puffin. The Day She Saved the Doctor. It's not that sort of puffin. It's a puffin, a small bird. See, it's from the penguin group. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, a small bird. A small bird in book form. 
uh, someone once sent me a piece of paper and said that it had been made from a seagull, which rather upset me. Anyway, the stories oh. featured are, uh, and you can tell who's in the story by the title, you see. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah Jane yeah, and the Temple of Eyes by Jacqueline Rayner. She's getting around a bit, isn't she? Yeah, two books. Uh, Rose and the Snow Window by Jenny T. Colgan, an author of some great note. Uh, Clara and the Maze of Cuipalta. Don't know what that means. Uh, Susan Kalman. Uh, that starts on 105. I want to. I want to see how that one begins, because I. This is what Nick doesn't read books. Thing. He just reads the first sentence and then sort of. That's all I do, and then I think says, I've yeah, read it. Yeah, that's about. That's about the, you, uh, yeah. the measure of it. Have, have you read Moby Dick? Call me Ishmael. Yeah, I've read it. <laughs> um, the doctor stood at the door of the living room. His head cocked to one side like a curious sparrow. There you go. Certainly did. I'm only a curious sparrow. <clears throat> Bill and the Three Jackets by Dorothy Coomson. I've got a... F- What's Dorothy up to? I don't know Dorothy. She must be famous. Uh, yeah. What page is that? I'm telling you, Bill, there are rooms and rooms of jackets in this TARDIS. In fact, I think there's a whole level devoted to jackets. That's two sentences I gave you there from Dorothy's story. Uh, Going all out. Story. Anyway, it's a fantastic book. Beautiful artwork. Really individualistic design. The Doctor's companions, bold, brave and brilliant as ever. Aren't they all? So there you go. Some great books there. Uh, getting a thorough recommendation from us. Now back to the world of Big Finish and our Big Finish Originals range. As you may have heard, we're releasing a brand new series of original dramas. They start being released next month and we've already got a free first episode of the first series, At A Girl, available on bigfinish.com, on the website that is, uh, for you to listen to. So yes, it's for free, so here is a clip. Does anyone have any grips? The ice cream's got it into my hair this morning. Sorry, Mina, I haven't. I've got a spare snood in my locker. Oh, thanks, Wiggly. Just until I get airborne, then it's coming off. What have you got today, Mina? Spitfires all day, darling. They just keep coming. At this weight, we'll free France in no time. Wiggly? Snood, come with me. Lucky thing. When do you think they'll let us move on to Spitz, Daphne? I don't see that it matters much what we fly. What's the matter with you? Nothing. I'm just afraid I can't share all the excitement. Even if the tide is turning, what's the point of winning a war only to wake up and realise that everyone you love died in the winning of it? Officer Coyne, please report to Commander Goer's office. Why does she want to see you? I've no idea. Your logbook shows a pretty impressive record of flights, Officer Coyne. Thank you. There's a bit of a flap-on down at Hamble to keep up with production at the factory. I've spoken to Squadron Leader Stein, who thinks you're ready to do your Class 2 conversion course. And I've asked him to get you through as quickly as possible. Class 2? Spitfires and hurricanes? Amongst others. I'm not sure I'm ready for that, Starting this afternoon. Report to TAME at 1400 hours. Yes, Mum. And Daphne? Self-doubt is not your friend. At a Girl is a drama inspired by the real women of the air transport auxiliary during World War II. From the UK and beyond, 168 female pilots, alongside the men, transported a vast range of aircraft from the factories to the squadron, sometimes flying in perilous weather conditions and without radios or instrument instruction. 
But listen, don't take it from me. Have a listen to what the creator of the series, Louise Jameson, had to say. Yes, indeed. The rest of the news section of this podcast is taken up by a special report recorded on the 8th of March, International Women's Day, at the press launch of the Big Finish Originals range. It's got guest stars, it's got background noise, it's even got singing. So here you go. Sit back, grab a glass and enjoy. I'm flying high, I'm soaring, adoring the love So, Louise Jameson, here we are outside the Chensloo and by the fire escape. I know, it's such a glamorous life. Because it's the quieter place, you know. What can I say? There are lots of people being noisy out there, aren't there? I know. So here we are at the launch for Atta Girl yes. and the Big Finish Originals. Yes. Tell everyone about Atta Girl, what you created, what, what's it about? On the 1st of January 1940, eight women were given what, in quotes, was called a man's job, which was delivering planes to factories to make them battle-worthy and then taking them from the factories to the airports so that they could be flown to the front line. The woman who headed these eight, a marvellous woman called Pauline Gower, uh, persuaded the powers that be that they needed to go to the front line and women were perfectly capable of taking them there. So women really did step into a man's world and they did this amazingly dangerous... They saw themselves as very, very ordinary women doing very, very extraordinary things. And what the series does is not just tie in the war story, but it also reflects the times that it explores you know again in quotes women's issues there's abortion there's affairs with married men there's sexuality all these things are investigated so we have very personal lives and very public lives and very um pioneering lives all wrapped up in these air transport auxiliary women who are just i think breathtakingly brave we're launching on Women's International Day <laughs> probably explains itself. Um, of course, I, I, I would say, uh, having had the experience of Tenko, for the listeners that don't know what that is, it's a, um, as it was a series that we filmed in 1981 for the BBC, which was about uh, women's prisoner of war camps in Japan. And again, unsung heroines and how women cope in adversity. And that was, an, I think, probably the best job I ever had in all the 46 years. Uh, of course, fed, fed into this. And after, two days out of the four days recording, we walked into the green room to go, that's a wrap, we've got everything we need. The actors stood and applauded. And I have never, I have never known that. Everybody got engaged with the kind of... Um, Ex- extraordinary atmosphere that was being created by the brilliant writing. Gemma Page has written the first episode. Um, and I, I think I'm right in saying it's her first drama. John Dorney oversaw it. He was our token male on the, on the, on the all-female production team. Um, 
Uh, and it was very collaborative with, with all the writers. It, we toed and froed quite a lot about, you know, move this scene, take that scene a bit further, and so on. With the men being loud in the yeah, other room. Yeah, that's Nigel just... Fares as well, isn't it? You know that, isn't it? He obviously wants his Big Finish original to be more important than yours. <laughs> well, they're all of equal importance, aren't they? But I have to say, this really does hold a very very precious place in my heart and if I'm going to sing anybody's praises it has to be Helen Goldwyn who's produced it and she just had my back every step of the way Hello I'm Nigel Fares <laughs> So um, tell us about Shearing and Sixpence Investigate. Gosh it's very difficult to tell you that because it's had a history of 22 years I've been writing this for 22 years as a monthly dinner theatre murder mystery experience always set in the same village uh, all connected over all these years so I've created or I and the team of actors I've had over the 22 years a uh, an ongoing world that has uh, crossed all sorts of decades and wars and all sorts of things um, and now finally it comes to Big Finish in eight episodes that just take a little, uh, what's the word? A little glimpse into that world with a murder mystery. Ah, Inspector. Oh, good grief. Hello, Lavinia. Good morning, Desmond. Any luck? Uh, uh, no, no sign as yet, but we have found something else rather interesting. I'm terribly sorry to interrupt the party, but I... We found this oh. in the library. Is it the murder weapon? If he was shot by an Enfield Number 2 British Service pistol revolver, then yes. Oh, he was, sir. Oh, bravo, sir. Bravo, madam. Well, Sergeant, I think we might as well retire to a gîte in the south of France and breed chickens. We're obviously redundant here with Mr and Mrs Poirot running their own private investigation. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Inspector. You're doing a sterling job. So, Matthew Waterhouse, here you are at the uh, Big Finish launch of the Big Finish originals. Yes. And why is that, then? Because I'm in one of them. Isn't that exciting? I'm in a fabulous new piece called Sixpence and Shilling Investigate. No, sorry, Shilling and Sixpence Investigate. I do get into trouble. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, And it's a fabulous new um, crime series with uh, Celia Imrie and David Warner and Louise and myself and written by Nigel Fares, who's also in it. And we're all very excited about it. And, uh, and people are fascinated by it. The reaction to it so far is in, in sort of pre-orders and stuff has been absolutely thrilling and people are really looking forward to it. I think this is a great development for this company. I think, you know, Attergirl as well with Louise's series. Uh, I think it's a really exciting next step, which I hope is going to lead to a whole ocean of new stuff. I really, sincerely, I mean, you know, it's a really exciting development for this company, exactly what they need to do at this stage. 20 years, this is also officially the 20th year that we're approaching. It's been around for all this time, it's done all this fantastic work, and just moving on to other things as well, while keeping, to, to you know, while retaining what they already do really well. It's just a really exciting moment, I think, in the history of this fabulous company that we all love well blimey i you know i congratulate <laughs> you on that answer it's almost like i don't need to speak to anyone else because you've said it all <laughs> who do you play in shilling and six yeah. viscount <laughs> viscount robert pluck i'm oh, playing I'm glad you um, knew that. who is um a bit of a silly almost sort of a pg woodhouse silly ass but with secrets and, and, and hidden layers and in the second season, which we're all looking forward to recording, oh, really? um, which is looking highly likely, apparently, 
Uh, there's more to be revealed yet. So this... And this is our composer. Oh, that's uh, uh, Nigel Fares going mad yes, in the background. That's the writer going mad in the background as he does. So, Guy Adams, as you've just put your empty champagne glass to yes. one side. Yes. Uh, now, you're here because of uh, Blind Terror, aren't you? I am, yes. Tell me something about it. Um, well, I'm just terribly lucky that I got into the habit of writing horror for Eve Miles because uh, Eve Miles loves horror um, I got chatting during uh, the recording of the first Torchwood uh, script I did for her we sort of hit it off, we ended up talking a lot about our taste in horror and uh, she said, write me a horror film uh, which is, you know, I mean, it's a lovely thing someone to, to say anything, that's very kind of you you can't get any films made but that's a really <laughs> lovely thing of you to suggest uh, I, I do with my time um, but I decided Okay, well, I'll write you a horror film that's an hour long and could fit the Tortured range, because at least that we could do that. That's, yeah, that's definitely yeah. something that could happen. Um, and uh, so I was walking back from the, um, the recording of that, and I saw... A, a, what was that one called? Uh, the, the first one was more than this. And then coming back, I saw a, a wonderful window space saying, Made You Look. And I thought, that's a good title. And I wrote a whole horror story about uh, this notion of, of something that if you looked at it, you were dead. Um, she loved it, that was fine, and I just became the person that would write horror for Eve. Um, it then became quite a simple conversation, say, should we do something original? Rather than do Torchwood, let's create an original horror series. Uh, would you star in it? Oh, yes, yes, I would star, that would be wonderful. And it just, it, it sort of snowballed from there, and we were able to then come to the very wise people at Big Finish <coughs> and say, Eve Miles would, would be happy to be in an original horror series, how would you feel about that? Would that be fun? And uh, just everyone was very enthusiastic, and it was just so lovely to be able to then go back to my roots, really. Because I mean, my, my background is more horror than anything else. I mean, most of my horror, um, most of my novels were a mixture. They were pure horror, but they all contained horror elements. So it was it was fun to go back to them. And what, um, can you tell us about this particular one? What's it called? The Gods of. Um, well, it's yeah. So the, the general sort of title is Blind Terror, uh, but the, the, this this story, Gods of Frost. Um, I wanted to do something that was wintry. I, I, I think snow and ice and just the sound of cracking ice is just a, a beautifully evocative... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the thing, you know, I, I'm sure you're the same. We, we, we think from what sounds creepy. I love the idea of icy bones moving. Um, and so it's, it's taking a lot of slightly traditional horror ideas, things like the innocence, um, uh, this wonderful frosty, eerie kind of atmosphere... Um, and then hopefully trying to do something a bit different with it. Uh, so Eve Miles as a, as, a, as a governess now coming to a, uh, a particularly broken and strange, insane old building uh, in Shirley Jackson terms, not sane, um, and finding a particularly dangerous and unconventional family who lives there. Um, and we roll on from that, and, and it's six episodes, six half-hour episodes. Um, effectively running you from Halloween through to uh, right up to Christmas so if you choose to restrict your listening you can listen to one episode a week and it will take you straight through to Christmas it's structured so it would do that but uh, if you're able to wait a week between half hour I, I, I failed so that's, <laughs> I hope you don't manage to do that so Nigel Planer here we are near the gents loo by the fire exit yeah at the launch of the big finish originals range yeah you missed all the speeches i missed the speeches it wasn't deliberate i'm i'm sorry i missed the speeches i'm sure they were wonderful good and you're here because of course you created oh is a special delivery of food oh no it's gone um 
because you created Jeremiah Bourne in time. Yes, uh, um, Jeremiah Bourne, the 17-year-old who finds that he can travel in time, but he doesn't know how. What was your inspiration? I've been living in uh, southeast London for about 20 years, and everything around me is just seeping with the history of London. And I worked in Drury Lane Theatre, and I used to walk to work from Southwark up there, read books about uh, David Garrick, for instance, working in, in Drury Lane. And uh, you see the names of the streets, Copperfield Street, Dickens, where I live now. You see, everything you see around you in London, the more you open your eyes, the more you realize you're, you're in living history, you're, you're, you're in history. And I started to imagine, well, what was this like? What was this street like? What was that street like? What did, they, what did they think and what did they feel? And, oh, what were the shops? And so I start, and I started to go f back further. In, in our first series of Jeremiah Bourne, first. in oh time, yes, he yes. goes back to 1910. That's, that's the main port. He goes other places as well, which I will keep secret. But uh, 1910 is his main uh, uh, place he goes. But in theory he could go back further and that's what interests me as well as Roman London but it's very much uh, it's very much a London based idea because he travels in time but he doesn't travel in place you know most time travellers they, they can go and then they're in a completely different place yeah, yeah, yeah. time and space but no he just uh, finds himself in exactly the same place so he has to be quite careful which tube train he goes on, for instance. <laughs> because he has to know which line was built when. Because if you're on the Victoria line or the Jubilee line, and you're going back to 1910, you might find yourself buried alive. Whereas if you go on the Northern line, you're okay, because it was built in 1888, or thereabouts. I probably don't have the dates exactly right. But. Now, as well as having written it, you were in it as well. Yes. What was the experience of being in it like when it's being directed by someone else? Was that a bit disconcerting? You had Barnaby Edwards directing. I had Barnaby Edwards directing, who I've worked for countless times, mm -hmm. um, who's great. Um, I found it really nice being in it because normally if all you're doing is the acting, you get in there and you've got time to think. Oh, am I doing this right? Should I do this? Should I do that? And you've even got time to get bored if you, if you think, yeah, it's all fine, I'll do it. But uh, when you're doing both jobs at once, you just have to uh, get on with it. So if he gave me a note, I didn't have time to think, oh, shall I do it like that? You just get on with it and do it. And uh, uh, so you can get back on the other side of the glass and uh, listen to everybody and make little cuts and suggestions for the script. Um, so I really enjoyed it. It was like, it was like sort of floating. It was, a, it was an out-of-body experience. God, it's like you were there, wasn't it? I mean, that's really <laughs> oh, it's that like was. I was. Oh, hold on, I was. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find out more about the Big Finish Originals range at bigfinish.com uh, in the Big Finish Originals range. And naturally, we're going to be talking a lot about it in the podcast over the next year or so. But in the meantime, that is the end of the news. Yeah. That's right. What are we going to do, Nick? I'm going to take out my my magical witch knife, Adamkus. <laughs> I'm going to enchant it with the magical words, Salme, Dalme, Adonai. Adonai. 
And there it goes. It's, it's flown off into another time, I believe. Who knows where that news might turn up? Who knows? Touchwood. Let us begin. Don't forget our interview with Celia Imry will be coming up soon. But before that, control yourselves. It's only the flipping listeners' emails. Shall I compare thee to an email? No, because nothing can beat an email. Nothing works. And all you have to do to join in the fun, this is the email funhouse, of course, is to email us at <laughs> podcast at bigfinish.com. That is podcast, squiggly A, at bigfinish, mm-hmm. one word, dot com. I'm just writing that down. Yeah. Good. Got your biro. <clears throat> uh, right, right then. So let's get started. This is the first one from Callum Rennie. That was a little gulp there to prepare myself. <laughs> Callum Rennie. Mm. Rennie. Dear Nick and Benji, my name is Callum and not Callie. Uh, see what you did, a little reference. This is just to make it easier for me to get an email address. I've listened to Big Finish for a couple of years now with my favourite series, which are both Doctor Who related. One being the novel adaptations yeah. and the other being the do- uh, the 10th Doctor adventures. Mm. But anyway, my question is this. I've just bought your adaptation of Damaged Goods and Cold Fusion, and I'm wondering if you have any more plans to introduce Chris and Roz into the monthly range like Benny. Very possible. P.S., Oh, there we go. Straight away, it was a nice, nice, uh, concise answer there from Nick. Uh, P.S. I have just finished all-consuming fire, and I doff my hat to <laughs> Mr. Briggs for an excellent portrayal of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and Benji did actually doff a pretend hat when he said. I that. did. Yes. I always wear my pretend hat <laughs> just in case it rains. Not pretend real rain. rain. Pretend rain. <laughs> but, but it was quite fun actually. I, 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 I sort of I went out with Sherlock Holmes to the Sherlock Holmes the other day, didn't we, Nick, for our little title sequence thing in, in London? Oh, we yes. went to the Sherlock Holmes. The pub. The Sherlock Holmes. The pub. Holmes. The Sherlock Holmes. So there we go. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, he signs off here with PPS. Buck up! <laughs> well, I think I answered the question. Thank you for writing in, Callum, and not Callie. Uh, next up, this one from Roland Browning, who signs himself Simon which is interesting. Uh, dear Masters, uh, my name is in fact Henry. Uh, dear Masters of Audio, Benji and Nicholas, finished Gallifrey Time War. Wow, 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 wow. All in block capitals. Love it. Wow, 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 wow. Like a Kate siren. Bush. Wow, wow, Kate Bush wow, wow. Uh, I always, I was always a fan of your main range since disc 001, space, exclamation mark, close, dra- <laughs> close brackets, whatever they are, uh, brackets. In the last close few drashics. years, I <laughs> closed drashics. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just, like, um, like I'm there. just ignited some marsh gas there for you. <laughs> <laughs> in the last few years i've perused your other work and my one my and one my good friend finn is always in capitals talking about his gallifrey so much i think they work for you oh really so i had a huge binge and listened to them all not to be confused with benji a benji binge i benji even bunch. backtracked through some benny stories for more on brax Braxiatel, yeah, as well, as well. That's the end of that sentence. 
but no no full stop there's there's a lack of punctuation in this email i'm not complaining i'm just pointing out my poor wallet might not like it but my ears and mind definitely do brilliant brilliant back to the time war my heart can't take any more awesome work by all involved i haven't wanted to binge listen to anything for years so i can't thank you at big finish enough so time war two certain actor coming back winky emoji uh on a separate topic have you ever considered riving riving no i don't rive i haven't passed my test (laughs) on a separate topic have you ever considered reviving class keep up the good work and cat and the cat weasel love well yes you can hear about cat weasel at the uh, benji and nick show at nicholasbriggs.com and on itunes as well buck up says simon well about class that's a good idea maybe we'll do that one day maybe we will who knows just imagine not bog off <laughs> <laughs> and here's one from ben hills Good strong name that. Good not Benny name. Hill, no. Not oh. Benny Hill. <laughs> Just we had to go down that road. Had to. Dear Messrs Briggs and Clifford, I love the Big Finish app. Whoop, it's whoop. so convenient, very easy to use, and whilst I never give up my CD subscription, I do find I play them less and less. The CD. You no, know, Big Finish yeah. app was great actually. When I popped up to London the other day, I, I sat there and thought I really wanted to listen to something. Downloaded the app. Well, no, I only had the app on there. Went on there and then just downloaded it. And within literally a couple of minutes, I had uh, Martian Invasion of Earth to listen to, which was you fantastic. Did, you? you were very nice about that. Thank you. But it was, you know, very quick and speedy. So do it check is, out And it's the, free. Uh, free, free, it's free, 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 free. Can't knock it. Can't knock it. Uh, so, yes, uh, continuing here from Ben, he says that he says here, I do have one request, though. Oh. As a subscriber to the monthly adventures, I sometimes find additional short trip stories appearing in my account. But now I spend more time in the app and less time on the website. I often forget to check these bonus downloads. What would it be possible for them to become available within the app? It'd be great to have all stories, both bought and bonus ones in one place. I would, my phone's ringing for God's sake. Is it anyone important? No, no, it's definitely not anybody important. It's a web design company. Uh, <laughs> phone me up every second of the day. Um, yeah, never mind. I would also just like to say how much I enjoyed December's monthly release, Static. Oh, yeah. What a fantastic adventure. A great story that kept you in suspense well into part four and backed up with some delightfully subtle and suitably creepy sound design. A superb end to 2017 and with 2018 already shaping up to be another great year of adventures from Big Finish. I really fear for my bank balance. Uh, I'm particularly looking forward to June's short trip release, Erasure. Mm. Not to be confused there with the 80s band. That's a Gary Russell, isn't it? Yeah, I know. But yes, that's what he references. I can't wait to hear the fourth Doctor and Adric sing some of their greatest hits. And I hope we'll include Blue Savannah sometimes and stop. See, he was ahead of you with that. He was ahead of me there, yeah. (laughs) Keep up the great work, Ben sent from a small tear within the fabric of space-time. Yes, it's certainly our intention to have the uh, uh, bonus material appear in the app. That's something. It's quite, it's trickier than you'd think, but we're working on it, um, yes, at the moment. Brandon, our fantastic developer, is doing that. He's absolutely brilliant. 
and hopefully we'll be coming to see everyone at uh, Chicago TARDIS in November. Yeah. Mm. And finally, here's a brain tickler from John G. Wood. Hi again, Nick and Benji. Well, I am finally up to date listening to the podcast. Hooray. Unfortunately, I've only managed this by skipping about half a dozen of them. Boo. Yes, boo. Boo, boo, boo. Uh, as a result, I support Jason Hay-Gallery's position that making the podcast a little bit shorter would also make it a little bit better because it would mean I'd miss less of it. Well, that's a good point, so we're not going to read the rest of your email to make it shorter. No, 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 all right then, come on. Uh, can I say that I'm always happy for you guys to go all technical and talk about microphones and preamps and such. The banter is fun and well worth keeping as the main ingredient of the podcast, but variety is the spice of life, and a bit of technophilia helps keep everything fresh. Similarly, with the CD extras, actors and writers are generally good value in interviews, but occasionally switching to talking with sound designers, for example, keeps me on my toes. That's quite a difficult one, actually, because when the recordings for the CD extras are being done, the sound designer probably hasn't even been uh, assigned to the project. So it's difficult to know who's going to do it. And then taking up some of the sound designer's time later to do an interview you know, when they're rushing to finish a deadline. It's a, it's a brilliant idea, and I would love the sound designers and musicians to be interviewed for every CD extra, actually, but it's just a logistical thing that's not possible. Big shame, though. As an aside to Benji, uh, continues John, uh, in reference to an older podcast, I also have a honochromonic... How do you pronounce that? Chromonica. A honochromonica, of course, it, yes, which was my dad's. It's a beautiful instrument, and I'm only sorry I can only play two tunes on it. Blade and Races and the theme to <laughs> Last of the Summer Wine. I'd love to play lots of Summer Wine. <laughs> on the subject oh, of diet, because if you're not going to keep on topic, I don't see why I should. Oh, he's quite rebellious, this John, isn't he? Um, I'd like to point out that there is no one-size-fits-all diet. Lately, we have been on a high-protein, high-fat, very low-carb diet, which was recommended to me and my daughter by a doctor for health reasons. He puts doctor with a capital D, as all Doctor Who fans do. Which doctor was it? Was it uh, the third doctor who recommended this? Uh, it's for health reasons other than weight loss. However, it is also very effective in helping the two of us lose weight. Unfortunately, it also works as a weight gain diet for my wife. We've not yet figured out how to deal with this since it is rarely possible to find the time and energy to cook two separate meals. She could probably do well with a vegan diet, whereas me and my daughter would really struggle. It's interesting, yeah, different types of food affect people differently. Or it may be that your wife is nipping into the pantry and eating five Twixes. I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> I was told that the other day Gary Russell ate five Twixes while he was directing something for the BBC. Marvellous. Didn't eat for a month after that also. Uh, finally, uh, and this is with my tongue firmly in my cheek. I'll try that in. I can't read it out right now. The nitpicker in me has to point out that rebranding the main range as the monthly adventures will be slightly ironic if you continue to release 13 of them a year. Mm, he's absolutely right, but you know, life's too short. KBO, John. What Thanks for that, that one, John. That's good. It's a good variety of topics there. I like Chromonicas are amazing. Uh, he's right about the monthly adventures as well, isn't he? Is, yeah, he's, he's right. See, these, these are, the world has some very uh, clever thinkers out there. <laughs> what can you do, though? What can you do? That's the type of thing I'd, I'd Just imagine. Bog off. No, we're sorry. We're going to call it the monthly adventures, but we're only releasing one a year. Uh, so, But it's, it sounds but good. You so can listen fine. to it every month. Aye. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah, we're going to release fragments of it. Not, not, not chapters, just bits. 
The Fragments Adventure. There we go, perfect. But before we leave the email segment of this podcast, before we open that door to the wide world that is other things, <laughs> uh, just a reminder that we have a current competition. The prize will be Blake 7 Crossfire. All three parts of it. So it's a huge prize. And the question is, Stephen Pacey, who stars as Del Tarrant in the series, also appeared in a Big Finish 8th Doctor story. What was the title of that story? Hmm? Clue, it was quite musical. Answers uh, in an email there to podcast at bigfinish.com with the subject line on there, Blake's Competition. Closing date is the 16th of March in the space year 2018. We'll be announcing the winner next week and then we'll set a new, even more exciting competition. We can, in fact, barely contain ourselves. That's right, and that is it for the end of the emails and competitions. I'm loading it into a massive metal crate uh, and going to put it into the cargo bay of the Liberator <laughs> where it will probably just drive around the block until we've finished the competition. Space fuel is, is obviously quite expensive and you know there's no point of it going off to uh, Zeta Minor or wherever on earth it goes to. Uh, the edge of the known universe. <laughs> only to come back and deliver your competition prize so there we go the end of the emails uh, and please do keep your emails coming in to podcast at bigfinish.com <laughs> and so now our guest star interview celia imri although i've written her name here as celia imri um it's full uh she's done so much in her life and so much for big finish Let's see what our intrepid interviewer Karen Parks discovered last September when this interview was conducted during the recording of the Big Finish Originals production, Jeremiah, Born in Time. I am sitting here with Celia Imri, and our very first question is from executive producer Nick Briggs, who wants to know if you remember when you first met him. Gosh, well, now this is terrible because um, um, I'm not sure that I do and I'll probably be struck off now and he won't ever employ me again because I certainly don't want to make something up and make it wrong. <laughs> so you'll have to tell me. I find that very doubtful, but it does have, I'll give you a hint, it has something to do with a big finished production, but not Doctor Who. You were talking Was about it? it at lunch. Ah, in that case, might it be when I was number two? Hooray. Oh, Good. Good. Well, then I couldn't have been more thrilled only because I used to watch um, The Prisoner when I was at school, I suppose. And I was quite um, perturbed by it altogether. It had a very lasting image. I think it was way ahead of its time, that white wall coming towards you and being a, called a number. I loved Patrick McGowan and the whole sort of Disneyland village and everything. I mean, it's... It was very, very spooky and very memorable. So to be asked to be number two was um, kind of... Uh, it was kind of um, a bit daring altogether to be part of such a sort of, you know, controlled thing that used to frighten me so much. 
Have you ever been to the town where it was filmed? In no, Wales? thanks. It would give me a spook, so I think. I'm, I'm going there in a few weeks. Are you? So, yeah. Mm, no, I'd be terrified, I think. I find it, you know, I mean, it was very, very clever and sort of, as I say, way ahead of its time. Timeless, I suppose. Mm. But no, ooh, freaks, Phil. So, how's your summer been? It's September, it's a little rainy today, but what have you been busy doing this summer? Well, do you know, I've just, this is one of the great things about our life. I've just come back from a place called Mazin, which I'd never heard of before. It's the most beautiful part, chocolate box beautiful part of France, near Avignon. Um, uh, having the great delight of acting with Benedict Cumberbatch in a new series called um, Patrick Melrose, um, uh, based on a book by Edward St. Auburn. Um, and, you know, I found myself staying in the Chateau Mazin, which used to be owned by the Marquis de Sade. So suddenly you're into history, I'm into a geography of a place I'd never been before. So how lucky, actually. Um, so I loved that. Um, and then I did, am I allowed to say what I did? I suppose I am. Um, I did uh, the first scene of Mamma Mia 2 in Oxford, which was rather a thrill, completely. Um, and then, uh, about two days ago, um, I went to see really quite mind-blowing two and twenty, two hours, twenty minutes of really, um, really uplifting, sparkling, feather-shimmering delight in the Follies at the National. Yeah. And I know how lucky I am because I don't think you'd be able to get a ticket now. But it was... Uh, you know, each song came along and was brilliantly delivered and you thought, well, it can't get better, and then it did. Mm. An uh, uh, um, absolutely um, faultless cast. I mean, really so clever because all the main characters were so different but so perfect. Um, um, and I was totally knocked out by it. I'm particularly proud of my two friends, Jenny D and Imelda Staunton, who were completely wonderful. A film of yours has just opened in New York, um, By the Sea, or your by uh, the Yeah, sea. By the Sea. So talk a little bit about that. Oh, how nice of you to mention that. Well, I didn't know whether I could here in this country, because I, I long for it to be shown here. Um, it was Oprah Winfrey's favorite book, um, twice running, um, a called A Year by the Sea, written by Joan Anderson. And it's a, a wonderfully um, recognizable dilemma she finds herself in. Her son is getting married, her husband moves away, suddenly she's got no nobody to kind of look after and she decides to take herself off for a year by the sea by herself in a sort of beach hut really in Cape Cod and what happens to her then? She meets an older woman who I play when they're trying to make me be 80 but anyway it was a marvellous part so why not? Just dye your hair white and why not? Um, and then she meets a very handsome fisherman, and it's really her journey, um, and it's very refreshing. And um, well, I hope lots. Of, I mean, it's it touches the heart of lots of women at a certain stage in their life, and so um, 
it has a wonderful cast. Again, Michael Christopher plays um, the husband. Karen Allen plays Joan, who's wonderful. I adore Karen Allen. Yes, so do I. Um, 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 Apetha Merkison plays her publishing friend. Um, Yannick Bisson plays the uh, fisherman. It's it's really refreshing, uplifting, and quite unusual. So I hope that audiences see it here. In fact, it's opening in the Lincoln Plaza tonight in New York. Mm. That's exciting. But you're not there. But I'm not there. No, why? Oh, dear. <laughs> well, the podcast gets heard by people all around the world. Oh, good. So hopefully, oh, I'm good. sure there are some Americans who are listening to this. And good. So now I have to go see that film. And what are your autumn plans? Uh, now, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm doing a short film um, with Eleanor Turner, where I play her mother. Um, I kind of love not knowing what's next. Oh, no, what, what am I talking about? I'm also doing something so daring. I'm doing um, Stephen Mangan's new play called Web Therapy, and it's improvised. Ooh. I know. That's when what was, I thought. When was the last time you did improv? Well... I mean, probably at the beginning of a rehearsal period, but not on television. Mm. Um, but the great thing is we have a wonderful director, Robert, who is a theatre director, so he's sort of in charge and he knows what he wants. And so that's a huge um, leaping off the diving board, but I love a challenge, so... Do you specifically search out mm. for something that's different from what you've done? I do, actually. It's about the only thing in terms of control that you can do really I mean because you're not in control of what happens next but you can try and choose something that you've never done before mm. so do you have any other recommendations for books or theater or film or anything for uh, that's captured your attention in the last few months well I, I would certainly urge people to look out for my third book which is called Sail Away and is all set on a liner transatlantic liner and all the things that go on there. And I have particular experience of that because I hate to fly, and so I go uh, to America on the boat. I read that you, you did. have taken the Queen Mary, which yep. I'm very jealous of. Mm. What is it like on the Queen Mary? Fabulous. Or is that what, that's basically what the book's about? It's what the book's about, but it is honestly, I mean, the first time I stepped on board, I remember thinking, this is the only way to travel. I mean, it made me feel like a film star. And uh, then you suddenly look at all the people, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, Noel Coward, all these great people who used to travel that way. Um, and so, of course, I would recommend that. Um, I would certainly recommend Follies. Um, I also had the terrific joy of going to see Bette Midler in Hello, Dolly, which is mind-blowingly superb. Our um, our other executive producer, Jason Hay Ellery, just went to see that in New York well, and said he thought it was really good. So. Truly, uh, truly, truly wonderful. Um, and um, I'm also on the jury of the Raindance um, Film Festival, um, and I have ten rather tempting films to watch and judge now, which um, is is quite a responsibility. But on the other hand. Um, if I have the power to bring some first-time director to the fore, or cinematographer, or leading actor, mm. then how marvellous if you've got some some way of helping that happen. Mm. Do you have any time for guilty pleasure viewing or reading? 
Um, I'm a very, very slow reader, I'm afraid to say. I'm trying to teach myself French at the moment, so I'm reading children's books in French. I think that's a great way to start. quite a good idea. Uh, and I asked everybody when I was filming in France to talk to me in French so I can get better. I'm not that good, but I'm having a go. Um, and um, my son, Angus, and I, our guilty pleasure is watching Family Guy late at night. Oh, my God. Which I... <laughs> absolutely adore i cannot believe how far they go I okay that's the most unexpected answer i've really? gotten from anybody yes i we love it but i mean every now and again you just think oh my god but i just think he's brilliant so do you binge watch family guy no well we watch two in a row certainly uh, okay and the other thing i love very much um and uh, angus has got into as well is third rock from the sun because i love john lithgow oh yeah how did you find Family Guy? Was it your son going, Mom, watch this? Or did you just... I'm not sure, actually, or whether it was a friend of mine. I mean, I just stumbled upon it somehow. I expect somebody told me. But I just think... Uh, and what the other thing that I'm amazed by, it's his all, all his voice. I mean, I'm sort of in love with Stewie. Mm. Um, I would imagine you might get a kick out of all the theater and pop culture references there are in there. Mm. I mean, they've done a musical episode, haven't mm. they, and things like that, so mm. that must be fun. Mm. I just think it's fantastic. Are you a um, early adopter of tech or a late adopter of tech? I've noticed conversations in the green room almost always eventually end up people talking about their newest phone or their iPod or whatever. But then there are some people who are also still going, no, I don't want any of that stuff. It's no. not my thing. Where do you fall on the divide? Because you're traveling around, mm. so it's, I guess it's kind of hard to avoid. Well, uh, no, I, you know, it, I promise you, it, if, if, I did, it, if they weren't quite so expensive, there would be at least five computers that would be thrown out of my window because I hate them so much. But they're a necessary evil, you know, like a laptop for when I'm traveling is vital. Um, but I just can't be bothered. And actually, I try very hard. I know I know. at lunchtime I was taking a call, but when I'm working, I try and put it at the bottom of my bag off. Because um, I actually, well, we're so reliant on them. Mm. But um, in the middle of work, I, I hate being distracted into another life. I was going to say, it must take you out mm. of whatever you're trying no, to accomplish. It. Yeah. Mm. Although the temptation, especially on a film set, must be awfully... Yeah, but it's sort of not a good idea. Mm. But are you a social media user? Are you on Twitter and Facebook and all these things? I am now. Now, for instance, Year by the Sea, the producer um, um, asked me to tweet... Um, year by the Sea, make sure lots of people know about it. Now, I wouldn't usually have done that, but she said, please do. Um, so it means that, I, that it begins off, please check out my latest film. Well, you know, I'm not a one-woman, it's not a one-woman play. So for the sake of every, everybody, why not? Um, but it's... I... I um, again, it's... it's um, can be an awful time waster. I'll tell you the one thing that I'm not mad about, and I, I, I'll probably get into trouble for this, but I, I sort of hate it when people say that people have died on Facebook. Mm. Because I just don't think it's the place for that. It upsets me. I, I think I agree with you on mm. that. There's um, certain 
social conventions. I wish, mm. I hope we don't lose. Mm. So, and things like a, a proper death notice or funeral notice mm. as opposed to a Facebook I post. I really don't like it. Oh, the other thing I'd love to uh, promote, though, because it's coming up at any second now, is my um, enormous pride in being in the second season of Better Things. I don't know whether you have watched it. I have not, but I've okay. heard good things about it. It's written by uh, Louis C.K. and Pamela Adlon, and I play her English mother, who is completely on PC and says the most embarrassing things on purpose in front of everybody else. Um, I, I'm, I love the program. I think she's hugely talented, Pamela. She's directed it all this um, season and written it and acting in every single scene. Um, and that's about to come out in America on the 14th. So any minute now. Any minute now. Who do you follow on Twitter? Mm, n not one person, actually, I don't think. Um, there's a very nice person who um, does Celia appreciation about me, which I, I, I'm extremely grateful to her, but, but sometimes a bit embarrassed. It's not me, by the way. It's someone else. But, of course, you know, you ha it, it's kind of lovely if somebody else does it for you because I find it a little bit tricky to do it about myself. And what TV or movie or theater coming or theater production that is coming up this autumn or winter are you looking forward to, if anything? Is there something you've been waiting to see? Well, I, I loved The Crown. I know I'm not alone with that. I'm dying to see what happens next. And I'm, I was also talking about, um, before lunch, um, I don't know whether you will have seen it, but God, I have, um, the brilliant um, television program Feud, which is out on FX. Mm. It hasn't come here yet, but it's the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Collins. Oh, this must be amazing. Who's playing? Susan Sarandon, is that the right way to pronounce it? Mm plays um, uh, Betty and Jessica Lange plays um, Joan oh, wow. and it's completely staggering I think so watch out for that that should be fantastic thank you very much thank you Celia Imri there spelt correctly this time in my script which is uh, a huge relief to me personally what a delightful human being she's lovely and now time for more delights, because we must open up the cosmic gateway we call the Randomoid Selectatron. Select a random release from the Big Finish archives for us to have a little chat about. Cue oh. that epic music. <laughs> and we're in, Nick, we're in. And we're in. Ran, yes. ran is, is topical it? once again. Really? And has brought up static, yeah. Static, Jonathan which was... Morris. Goodness me, well, it's just How peculiar recently, yeah. is that? Yeah, okay, well, we should give it a good old plug. Here's the, uh, the trailer. Okay, newsflash, this isn't my wedding. And this isn't 1944, Doctor. You said you were taking me home. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Don't answer that phone. Doctor Who. Static. Don't answer it. Leave it alone. Hello? <laughs> oh, help. Please. Stop 
Big finish. We love stories. Uh, come on, Constance. Breathe. Breathe. She's Breathe. gone, Doctor. Uh, She's no. dead. No. I can bring her back. I can save her. It's too late, Doctor. Oh, Constance. Never giving up. Never giving in. Never giving Static gets so many great reviews. It's really jam-packed, isn't yeah, it, on, you the, can, uh, on the product page? You here. can always rely on Jonathan Morris for fantastic script. Saw him last night at the Big Finish Originals launch. He was the script editor on Jeremiah Born in Time. Really, uh, and Nigel Planer, who wrote it, was very, very grateful and spoke very highly of Johnny's contribution. Uh, it says, uh, the reviews of Static, a brilliant addition to a superb run of Sixth Doctor stories. I don't say this lightly, but I think it's better than Chimes of Midnight. Tin Dog, there's a podcast. A strong contender for one of the best releases of the year. Host Productions says that. 10 out of 10 from Blog to Who. Digital FX says, oh, sorry, Digital Fix. Can't read today. Sorry about uh, Static is another stellar entry, full of atmosphere, horror, and great storytelling. Starbus says Static is a chilly tale, unafraid to explore our reaction to death. Five out of five from Doctor Who reviews. Um, mass movement says when it comes to Big Finish, sometimes one can tell just from the opening strands of that story that this is going to be different, that something special is happening. Static is one of those stories. They are very good. Of course, stars Colin Baker with Lisa Greenwood. I don't get it. And one of my one of my favourite human beings. She's fantastic. And a lovely thing because I, I did a little job. She she needed a little sort of show reel of some big finishy stuff, so I put it together for her. And she sent me such a lovely little thing in return. She sent me two boxes of retro seventies and eighties sweets, oh. which are all refreshers and all that sort she's of stuff. She's sweetheart. So she's rather lovely. A lovely human being. She's great. And Miranda Raisin as well playing Constance yeah so great release um did you didn't work on it did you I didn't work on no. this one no I don't I don't tend to do the um uh the mm. single boxes I tend to just I'm a box set man really it's just anyway the sound design and music uh, done by Josh uh Arachelian. I can't pronounce his name and Joe Kramer Arachlian Arachlian yeah sounds like some sort of spider like a, uh, an airport in Crete Arachlian <laughs> They moved from Araclean Airport straight along to the coast, where they were met by forces of some strength. The right. Arachnids! Get behind me, Susan! <laughs> Attack the Dark... No, stop it, stop it. What? Anyway, there you go. Thanks, Ran, and a lovely recommendation. And so then, there we go. As the podcast is absorbed into a substrata of alien rock, only to emerge on the other side of the planet as a purple butterfly. You're crazy. Yeah, it's great. I love it. There is just time for Nick to round up the latest noisy things out there for you to listen to from BigFinish.com. You can hear At A Girl Up In The Air for free, created by Louise Jameson. It's a celebration of women pilots in the Second World War, as we keep telling you. Their story told with irresistible honesty. Brilliant stuff. Also available free at bigfinish.com is Serpent in the Silver Mask Part 1. It's a fifth Doctor story with Tegan, Adric and Nissa. Super stuff. 
from Dark Shadows. You can buy uh, the Quentin Collins collection starring veteran Hollywood actor David Selby. Don't miss it. Tales from New Earth is out there starring Adjoa Ando, Yasmin Bannerman and Anna Hope. Russell T. Davis's creation from the 10th Doctor era. Brilliant stories. Great drama. Sherlock Holmes, the master of Blackstone Grange starring me, 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 me and the lovely Richard Earle. Him, him in a great, very traditional Sherlock Holmes story from the pen of Holmes expert and general brilliant writer Jonathan Barnes. It's brilliant sound design by Joe Miners and great music from Jamie the legend Robertson. Yeah. And that's your lot for this week. Thank you very much for that one, Nick. Any second now, we present you the first 15 minutes of The Rise of the New Humans, starring Katie Manning as Joe Grant and Tim Trelaw as the third Doctor. I worked on that one, and so did you, Nick. That was the first thing we worked on as director and sound designer together. Rather rather funky. No, it's a, a fun one, that one. But first, anyway, I think we'd better do the trailer for this podcast. Look over as Nick's yawning. <laughs> Sorry, oh, it's, been a, it's been a difficult you're, day. You're a bore, Penny. You're a, you're a ruddy bore. <laughs> so, uh, coming soon for Big Village Productions. <laughs> a sleepy oh. podcast full of action and adventure. Yes. Our guest star is Celia Imry. And we're gonna eat, <laughs> and we're gonna plug the big finish shop. And we look at books today. Books, books, glorious books. That's right. We take a look into the world of penguin books and puffin books. Oh, exciting puffin stuff! And penguin, penguin, and puffin. The and also peas. the big finish shop. Pick up a penguin book. Um, and the that used to be an advert. Anyway, not the book. The shut up, Briggs. Buck up. Um, yes, the Big Finish shop and some T-shirts we talk about. The Atter Girl launch, uh, which is also the launch of the Big Finish originals. Lots of interviews. It's a real jam-packed listener listen for you what there. What we tease? What's our, what's so our we're, 15 we're, So we're teasing the 15-minute drama tease. This week is the Third Doctor Adventures, The Rise of the New Humans. This has been a fairly poorly done trailer for an absolute corker of a podcast. So now, uh, just before our 15-minute drama tease, um, we haven't said stop, don't move. Stop, don't move. Or that way leads to death. That way leads to Morrison's. (laughs) Morrison's, yes. I'm a great fan of Morrison's. I was Phil Marshall Montgomery. We uh, made a successful foray into Morrison's. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that. Oh, we've, we've done Catweasel. We've done him this week. He's, he's cat, We've Catweaseled him well and truly out of the box there. That's true. I'm so sorry. I'll say it correctly. That way leads to death. And uh, if you're interested in Catweasel, you can go to the uh, Benji and Nick show at nicholasbriggs.com or on iTunes and stuff, you know, because we'll be t- talking about Catweasel a lot. Anyway, so now, as promised, time for a tease of the Third Doctor Adventures, Volume 4. Out this month. Don't know why I said that aggressively. (laughs) Out this month.
Hey, love, are you all right? You need me to call someone? Go away. Don't, don't understand. Press so much. Just trying to help. Hey, stop! Pretend flight's up! Make it stop. Make it stop. Please. Make it stop! Oh, look at you, silly beggar. It's all right for you. Jumping off a multi-storey car park's not but a few seconds of a nice view. For muggins here, it's hours of prodding and filing. Dear, oh dear. The state of it. I knew I should have brought a packed lunch. By the time I get to the canteen, it'll be nothing but stale sandwiches and salads that should have known better. <laughs> I'm not going in. I mean, strange, wobbly aliens is one thing. Hospital morgues were. No, I think I'd rather sit out here with a nice cup of horrible vending machine coffee and then you can tell me all about it when you've finished. Yes, well, I can't say I relish it much myself. I have far better things to do with my time than poke around dead bodies. A fact I made perfectly clear to the brigadier. Poke around dead bodies? Well, that's a very callous way of putting it, Doctor. Well, a few hours ago he was a living, breathing person. At which point I could have done something to help him. I'm only too happy to save lives, Joe, but I take little pleasure in staring at what's left behind when those lives are gone. Yes, I know, but it is all just rather sad, isn't it? Don't worry. The brigadier made it perfectly clear that you weren't to go in with me. Why? Because he thought it wasn't the sort of thing a young woman like you should have to face. A chauvinist pi- Right, come on. Josephine Grant, you're quite impossible some days. Right, let's have a look. Oh. Still determined to stay? Of course I am. I honestly don't mind if you want to wait outside. I'm here and I'm staying here. Right, now, what do you want me to do? If you could read me the notes, that would be very helpful. Notes. Right. Righty-ho, yes. Um, uh, oh, yeah. So, um, 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 Michael Carey, age 34, no next of kin. Parents died four years ago. No previous history of mental illness. Threw himself from a top floor of a car park on Welbeck Street. Well, I... I suppose if you're that determined to kill yourself, I mean, that would do it. Except it didn't. What? When he was first examined, he came back to life. Gave the attendant quite a turn. Oh, I bet it did. But that's not the most curious thing. It isn't? Take a look at his skin, Joe. 
Do I have to? Um, what am I looking for? See the build-up here. And here. Yes, but... Well, isn't that just, you know, damage from the fall? No. It's a new epidermis. But it, it's all craggy, like plaster. Or armour. Yes. And look here. The protuberances from his shoulder blades. Um, where the bone is poking through. Those aren't just bones, Joe. They're the beginnings of something far more peculiar. Wings. Wings? Oh, come on, you... You're saying he tried to grow wings after jumping off? And an armor-plated skin to protect himself. Curious, isn't it? Of course, he didn't have time. If the building had been much higher, who knows? He may have succeeded. But that's impossible. Unlikely, but hardly impossible. After all, we can see it. Besides, this isn't an isolated case. A week ago, someone was fished out of the Thames, drowned, but in the process of growing themselves a full set of gills. How? That, my dear Joe, is precisely what we have to discover. Check those notes, previous medical history. Any recent entries? Um, yes. He was recently a patient at a place called... The, the Allingham, Allingham Institute. Institute. <laughs> well, you already knew. I didn't know. Just a suspicion. More a hope, rather. The previous victim had been there too. A link. A link. Fancy a drive in the country, Joe? Whoa, I'm getting soaked. Keep your arms in. Look, Bessie's a lovely car, Doctor. I mean, really lovely, but... Oh, well, have you ever thought about investing in a sort of a little roof rather than a flappy tarpaulin to keep you dry? Don't you listen, old girl. She knows you're beautiful, really. Oh, sorry, Bessie. How much further is this place, Doctor? Not far. Another half an hour or so. I bet I'll have grown gills by the time we arrive. Or maybe a built-in brolly. Take your mind off it by telling me more about this clinic. The brochures in the back seat. Okay. Ah. Right. Oh, hang on. Reading in the car does make me feel a bit nauseous. Well, not with Bessie's inertial dampness switched on, it won't. Okay. Uh, the Allen Clinic is a prestigious private clinic. <laughs> Housed in the beautiful and historic Allingham House. A grade one listed property dating from 1811. The clinic nonetheless boasts of facilities that are at the cutting edge of current medical technology. We cater to private patients who can benefit from our exclusive confidential health care. So, rich people only then. Uh -oh. Cut through the sales pitch. What do they specialise in? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, it should say somewhere. Well, I'm sure it did, but well, the, the brochure just blew out of my hands. Oh, Joe! Well, if Bessie had a roof, Doctor, well, that's all I'm saying, just a little roof. Bessie's got a lovely roof. A roof? Ha! Huh. It's like going camping at 80 miles an hour. Just sit back and relax, Joe. We'll be there soon. It's no good, Joe. Joe! What? I said it's no good. 
Turn her off. She's well and truly stuck. Great. So, we're stranded out here. I don't think the clinic's far. We should be able to walk the rest of the way. We're in the dark on the moor, and the rain probably be eaten by the hunt of the Buskervilles before long. What's that, Joe? Oh, nothing. As long as we stick to the track, I'm sure we'll be fine. Posh hospital like this, where do you think they'd make it easy to get to? I can't imagine their patients, like, slogging through all the mud in their males' voices. Well, they probably lay on a private bus service. Besides, the sort of people who stay here no doubt value their privacy. I suppose so. Oh, look, sorry, Doctor. I, I really didn't mean to moan. It's just that, well, it's getting rather late, you know. Yes, I suppose we'll have to see if they're willing to put us up for the night. Oh, hello. Um, we're just investigating your spooky hospital. Uh, don't mind us. And Oh, by the way, I don't suppose you do bed and breakfast. <laughs> How can they resist? Of course, if this planet would finally sort out its signpost, we'd have been here a couple of hours ago. Have I ever told you about Ordinata? Oh, I don't think so. It's a planet that became so sick of visitors getting lost, they employed its locals to act as signposts. Of course, it helped that they communicated by projecting words on their large, flat foreheads. Projecting with what? They possess a luminescent subcutaneous layer. Quite beautiful on dark night. Mind you, get in a row with one and they're positively blinding. Anyway, after they did that, nobody ever got lost again. You couldn't move for people showing you the way. Wow, now that sounds brilliant. Hmm. Personally, I've rather missed getting lost. You find the most interesting things when you get lost. Depends what else you're lost with, doesn't it? Dartmoor's not known for his lava worms or drashings. <laughs> True. They're the sort of thing someone would have probably spotted while being eaten by one. Uh. <laughs> Doctor, I think I can see lights ahead. Maybe there's a car coming. We can get a lift. See? It's all worked out in the... Good grief. Why, she's glowing. How can she be glowing? Madam, are you in need of assistance? Need to... Doctor! Stay back, Joe. But she needs help. I know, but until we understand what's causing this most extraordinary luminescence... Madam, can you hear me? Oh, no. So unfair. So... Stay clear. Poor woman's exhausted. Perkins, Timson, stretch her now. She needs medical assistance. Fully trained, she'll get it. Why does she look like that? Why is she glowing? Her skin condition. She's receiving treatment. Just stay back. It's potentially contagious. No, no, not back there. So unfair. She doesn't seem to want to go with you. It's the medication she's on. It can cause delusional behavior. We know what we're doing. Yes. Well, perhaps we'd better make sure nonetheless. We were on our way to the clinic. You can give us a lift. Quite impossible, I'm afraid. Well, you can't just leave us out here. There's not room, I'm afraid. Turn round and go back the way you came. You'll be on the main road soon enough. I'm miles away from anywhere. Don't worry, Joe. He won't leave us here. Oh, uh, won't I? Of course not. 
Because you wouldn't want an unfavourable mention in our report for the Ministry, would you? Dr John Smith, my colleague Josephine Grant. Ministry? We're not here to have our bunions checked, old chap. We're official visitors. Now be a good fellow and let's get on. It's terribly inclement out here. We can squeeze in up front. Oh, I love my neck for this. I just know it. We'll just follow you, shall we? No, you will not. Wait here. We'll tell the chief administrator you're here. Chief administrator? Ooh, very swish. Are you sure we shouldn't follow them? I didn't like the look of that poor woman. Neither did I, Joe. But we're hardly going to get far if we barge all over the place. A little tact may go a long way. <laughs> yes, because you never barge anywhere, do you, Doctor? <laughs> Almost never. Well, the brochure wasn't lying. This place is most impressive. Yes, if you fancy convalescing in Dracula's castle. Oh, I don't know. A touch of the Gothic is no bad thing. You know, I do believe that Gainsborough's an original. Hmm, not a bad bookshelf either. Tell a lot about a place from the books people own. Now, let me guess. Uh, Dennis Wheatley and Frankenstein for beginners. There are no beginners here. I can assure you of that. Ah, the chief administrator, I presume. The chief administrator is far too busy to be disturbed. I am Dr. Kurt, the senior surgeon. Ah, well, I'm sure you'll do. For now. And thank you so much for coming to see us. Um, this is the doctor. I'm Joe Grant. We're from UNIT. UNIT? Never heard of it. I was led to believe you were from the Ministry of Health. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, 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 My colleague, Miss Grant, and I don't work directly for the Ministry, but mainly to report our findings to it. UNIT is an international organisation. I assure you, we have every authority to be here. Uh, to be anywhere, in fact. Um, here's our identification. Are you some sort of security organisation? Some sort, yes. How is the patient? Patient? Which one? We have several. We're a hospital. The unfortunate lady we met on the moor. She appeared in a state of considerable distress. And glowing from head to foot. Ah, uh, she's been looked after, naturally. That is what we do. Well, she didn't seem very pleased about being brought back here. She suffers from delusional episodes. Very sad. We do our best for her. I have every confidence that she'll be a changed woman by the time she leaves. A changed woman. You've been listening to a Big Finish podcast. Scrumptious.